We're going to be talking about basically when Jesus has dinner at Levi's house. So, but before we dig into that, and you can turn your Bibles to that, we're going to be talking about Nome, Alaska, 1925. We're up there, and it, you would think Alaska is cold, right? There is a huge uh, diphtheria has gone through the town and is affecting the kids. Now, what, the, what diphtheria is, is it is a bacteria that starts affecting the, the, basically the lungs, the throat, all this. And so what is happening is it gives people trouble breathing, and it causes many issues. And the, the kids, there's widespread panic because they need to get the kids medicine. That, that sort of leads to uh, the first point is there is a flaw. There is a flaw. Something doesn't seem quite right when kids get sick, right? There, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, no one likes it when an older person gets sick or is having life-threatening issues, but in some way, people can process that more than a kid. doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's right, but there, there's a flaw there. There's an issue there. There's something wrong that doesn't make sense. And when we look at Mark 2, let's jump into verse 13. It says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. But let's dive into verse 14 where it says, As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the text collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Now, in Matthew 9, 9, it helps explain a little bit of who Levi is. Matthew 9, 9 says this. It says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, there's multiple reasons why People say Matthew's name got changed. Some say it was from Greek to from Hebrew to Greek. Some say it was after Jesus talked to him uh, and he followed him. His name became Matthew. Whatever the case is, he is Matthew from there on. Once he started following, the flaw is in people's mind is why would Jesus choose Matthew? Why? Would Jesus choose a tax collector? That doesn't make sense. Now, what's funny is we think about it in our time and age. It's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense because he's one of the 12 disciples. That's totally like he's part of the, the crew of Jesus. But at that time, tax collectors were the enemy. They were the ones that betrayed. They were the ones that basically, so they had to take taxes well, this is sort of interesting. Say they had to collect $100 worth of tax for, the Rome, for Rome. But they wanted to tax 130. They could do it. And what would they keep? They'd keep the 30. They could keep the extra. So it was a betrayal to the Jewish people. It was one of their own betraying their own. This happened to me. Uh, if you have that picture of, of Wyatt Sexton, yeah, Wearing a Florida sweatshirt, okay? It doesn't mean a big deal to you because you don't know the full context. That is a Florida State Seminole, Florida State team quarterback. 
And he went to a game and was wearing the arch enemy sweatshirt. Now, imagine being an IU fan, and then you see, oh, the starting point guard for Indiana, and all of a sudden you see he goes to a Purdue game, and he's wearing the arch enemy's sweatshirt. He said it was because he's cold. I, I'm telling you, I don't care how cold I am, I'm not wearing that. Or I'm turning it inside out or putting some stickers over it or something. And that is, that's just a simple, silly thing we do with sports. But think about it when you've been betrayed. Has anyone betrayed you? Has anyone hurt you? Went behind your back? Did something that has stabbed you? How did you feel towards that person? That's the feeling of these people towards Matthew. I like how Lane uh, states it about tax collectors and the Jewish people. He says, when a Jew entered the customs service, he was regarded as an outcast in the court system. He was excommunicated from the synagogues, and in the eyes of the community, his disgrace extended to his family. The flaw, like, why would Jesus choose someone that had put this tarnish on the Jewish people? Why would there be a flaw of why would kids get sick? Matthew, though, gives up his tax collecting and follows Jesus. But even when flaws are noticed, point number two, there are issues. So, they recognize kids are getting sick in Alaska in 1925. So they got to do something. Well, the issues are, is it's 1925, and there's not planes coming in. There's not cars running routes. The nearest medicine is over 500 miles away. And through different kinds of travel and caverns and different directions, they say it could take up to 800 miles. The trip usually would take at least a month. The kids do not have a month. There is disease throughout it. So they have to figure out a way to get the medicine there. So they decide to get sled dogs. And they're going to split it up in different trips. They're going to take different parts, so a team would take this 54 to 75 miles. Then they would pass it off, and the next team would pass it off, the next team to get the medicine there. But there's also the issues that it's 500 miles in Alaska. There's storms. It gets negative 40 degrees. It gets white out, so you don't know where your direction. We'd, we have GPS you know, we have this like, hey, this is the direction. They probably did not have GPS back then, especially in snowstorms. There are issues going along on the journey to get the medicine to where it needs to go, where the medicine needs to get there. The medicine has to get there to save the people. It has to get out. But there's issues in that. Let's look at verse 15. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. 
When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Sometimes when people find answers to a problem, like the physician did to find the right medicine, people start judging how they use it, or who gets it first, or why this doesn't make sense. Just like the sled teams had issues from the snow, the blackouts, some thought it wasn't even the right plan to use sled dogs. Some thought it wasn't the right way. It wouldn't work. The, oh, if it gets lost, we're doomed. Find it really interesting. The Pharisees say this, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Because he's the teacher. He's the one that is supposed to be the prophet. He's the one. And all of a sudden, why is he around unholy people? Have you ever made a decision in your life where you've been questioned, where you've been dissected, where you've been mocked for what you've said? Even when you know the solution is right and you have it there, you know it and you're still being mocked, you have to decide this. And it's point number three is we need a doctor. We need a doctor. The story I was telling you about in 1925 being able to get there is the story that most people know about a dog, Balto. Have any of you heard Balto? Balto is a famous dog, and they've made movies about it. And he was on the last part of the trip, the last 54 miles. They were behind when he got to, uh, they got to him. And he had negative 40 degrees, and his was one of the worst whiteouts that he had to get through. And even in all of that, most people didn't think he was a good sled dog until he accomplished what he needed to accomplish. Most of them, he was actually working as just a dog that would haul stuff in the town. Just haul it because the way he looked, he was too, like, uh, his front paws were too uh, upright. He walked in too different of a way. But when push came to shove, they knew he could pull stuff because <laughs> he had done it, and they put him there in charge of being able to do that because he was part of the journey to get the medicine there. Mark 2, 17 says this, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus is the doctor. We have all been healed through him and his blood. And here's what is interesting. We are all called to pass the medicine on. We are all called to pass the medicine through snowy storms, through issues, no matter what the situation we're in. If we're focused on sharing the medicine, we will be by, no matter if there's, whatever the disease is, we'll give it to those who need it. The, the hardest part is, is the doctor has to be around the person with the disease to fix the disease. You can't do it way far away. The town that's 500 miles away had the medicine. It does not do any good to have the medicine in that town 
500 miles away. Congratulations, you have the medicine. Did the medicine get to the sick? Did it get to where it needs to go? Did it get to who needs it? Or did it stay right there? On a bigger, grand scale, Jesus sees a sick, fallen planet. And he's got the medicine. He's the doctor. He's the physician. He's got it for us. And he comes down to the sick planet for us. Now, I find it really interesting. When someone, let's say someone figures out a good workout plan or figures out something that's good to eat, that's healthy, and it's also, what do you do? You tell other people about it. You're like, oh, I found this great recipe. It tastes like Oreos, but it's good for you. (laughs) I've always thought, like, wouldn't that make a lot of money? That's what I want. Like, it tastes like Oreos, but it's good for you, and I'm going to sell it. Because, like, but when you find something like that, usually you tell it. Or someone brings you good news. When someone says, oh, my nephew or my, my, my family has a baby, what do you do? You tell your family about it. Because it brings joy and healing. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's bringing it to the sick when other people question it. And so the challenge is, and I think for us is, are we in situations where it might, people might question why we're there? People might question it. Because here's the main thing. If you are bringing medicine, it, the outside noise doesn't matter. People were probably questioned why they were going 500 plus miles to bring medicine to these kids. They're like, that sounds insane you know it doesn't make sense that's not the way i would do it that's not the way i think we should do i think we should wait or do this people might have opinions but if you have the medicine you got to bring it to the sick and that's what we're called to do all of us have been sick at one point in our lives until we found jesus and all of it might be different stories some of you might have been raised up in a church home and a church family and it's been good and you were surrounded that you're still a sinner until you put your life into Christ. Some of you might have dabbled in drugs, might have dabbled in uh, inappropriate acts with the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever, and you lived a totally different life. But then you got the medicine. You got it, and you found Jesus, and it turned your life around. And then what a shame would that be as we like, oh, yes, I got the medicine, and you stop there. We're supposed to spread the medicine. We're supposed to give it out. Just tell others. And not just the medicine. We're supposed to talk about the doctor, the physician that gave it out. And his name was Jesus. The part about the story that always has sort of bugged me about Balto is Balto got all the praise, all it, but he wasn't the doctor, he wasn't the medicine. He wasn't, he didn't even do all 500 miles. He was just the last one that did it. And so when I talked uh, last week about taking every thought captive, when I talked a couple weeks ago about uh, the, the soil, a pouring seed into the soil, when I'm talking about all those kind of things, your life, even though you might not be Balto, you might be pouring into someone else's life and helping bring medicine into someone else's life. 
You might be part of a beautiful journey and might be part of something beautiful that you get to see in that kind of process. You might not be Balto. You might not cross the line. I have been blessed sometimes to be part of that. But I also know I've been more crazy blessed to be like really at the beginning of it, do nothing. And then someone says like, I found Jesus through this and this. And I am just as excited because they are celebrating in the kingdom because they got the medicine. It was the doctor that took care of the medicine that was in that town that was able to get it to take care of those kids. And those, so those kids could be healed. When, I, when we ever talk about, I used to do this a lot in youth ministry when I was working as a youth pastor. And so a lot of times high school kids would be like, cool, that means I could go to all the parties because I'm bringing Jesus. Okay? Now, if you knew the kids that were saying that, you would be like, um, I don't know if you're bringing the medicine. I don't know if you're bringing, because they might be there just to be at the party. You're like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not there. I think that's what the, I think that's what, if you're bringing, I think so many of us question, like, should I be in this situation? Should I be in this one? It's like, you need to be one with the Holy Spirit. You need to know where God's calling you, where you're taking the medicine, who needs it, who needs to be taken care of, of the gospel, the good news, the, the medicine of the good news. So it might be that you might Go into a situation where another person at church might question it. The Pharisees did. Why are you having lunch? Why are you having uh, time with sinners? Now, dinner was a big thing in that culture. It still is today. When you gather around for a table, when you gather around to eat, that's a, that is a relationship that is gathering together. The question is, are we doing that to bring the good news, to bring the medicine? Mike Winger talks about it this way, too, is you get the one side of the party, but you have the other side, too, is he says this. A lot of times when people think of Jesus sitting with people at dinner, that, and he says this, People think of Jesus as, he's just so nice. He never confronts me, but I just feel so bad about my sin because he's so nice. I'm going to stop. That isn't true. Jesus didn't just hang out with tax collectors and sinners and not deal with the, uh, the issue of sin. You can take a look at an example of like John 8. John 8 deals with the woman caught in adultery. She's thrown out there. The crowd wants justice. And she had a flaw. And now she has an issue because they want to stone her. And Jesus says that the one who is without sin should throw the first stone. And they all drop it. But the story does not end there. Verse 11 says this, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We aren't to sin. We are to be messengers of the doctor and give the message of the good news, the gospel.
All of us in here need a doctor. Because we all have flaw of sin, and we all have issues of attacks around us. But we have the ultimate doctor. I like how Wearsby puts it. He says this, Jesus comes as our physician. He comes to us in our need. He makes the perfect diagnosis. He provides a final and complete cure. And he pays the bills. What a physician. I love it. He paid the ultimate bill for us in his death, in his resurrection. The thing is, is other people have flaws, and you need to get them to a doctor and some medicine. The point of today is that we all have the flaws of sin, and the issues will come from all sides, from so-called believers to non-believers. It doesn't matter. People still need the medicine. If you have seen a good doctor, you will go tell others about it. I want you to think about in your life, who needs the medicine? Who needs it? And are you sharing it? Are you spreading it? It might be at your work. It might be with your family. It might be whatever situation that I don't know of, but maybe you do. And at any point, you have to think that no matter how far you think that person is, that medicine will still work. I'd like you to play a video right now. I think sometimes we get into, oh, the certain people have to behave certain ways or whatever. This is uh, a video of basically inmates with 25 plus our lifetime sentence. When they walked in, many people probably thought they were a lost cause. But now they are new. When everyone else saw criminal, when everyone else saw unworthy to be in our society, when everyone else, Jesus did it. Jesus saw somebody. Jesus saw someone that needed the medicine, someone that needs the blood of Jesus Christ. And what I love is someday... When I'm in heaven, I get to see these guys. The same medicine that's healed me is the same one that's healed them. And their window will probably be trapped. But on that day, 35 got saved. Thank you for sharing that video. And their vision in that, they're now able to pass the medicine off in that jail. But that's where they're limited to. 
We aren't limited. We're a missionary church to go out and be out into our neighborhood, into our people, into the world, to go out and spread the gospel. So just like that, we get to experience that when people get to know Jesus. I want us to process that today. Have we looked at people and dismissed them? Because I know I have. Oh, they're, they're, they're too far gone. They can't, oh, they're, they're the enemy. They are, it's so unique is God wants us to go and love our enemy. He wants us to go love our neighbor. He wants us to go do that. I'm calling us to be that church. I'm calling us to be that in all of our ways. Not because John says so. I'm saying it because Mark said so about Jesus. Jesus said so. He said, I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. Will you come on up, Delaney? And as we sing, I want you to just process. One, if you're sick, you have a great opportunity to repent and know that you're saved with him. And the next thing is, is I think many times in our life, God puts people on our lives that we need to love, that we need to love radically, that we need to love in such a way to give grace, hope, mercy, just as Jesus did, when it made no sense to a Matthew, to a Matthew that was, by all means, a disgrace to the community. Jesus said, follow me. And Matthew did.